0: The Paris Theatre in Lower Regent Street in London was a converted cinema where many BBC radio programmes were recorded. Sadly, it was closed in 1995. The Betty Witherspoon show starring Ted Ray, Kenneth Williams and Miriam Margulies was recorded there in 1974. It ran for just one series and was restored to us through the archive Treasure Hunt a few years back. Happy days. (laughs)
1: It's the Betty Witherspoon Show, and
0: here's here's Betty.
2: Betty. Uh,
1: Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. You know, since this show started, the BBC has been literally flooded with requests for me to play my violin. Oh, yes, yes, they have. Well, not a flood, more of a drip, really. But there have been all kinds of suggestions as to what I should do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, I, I need your help. Look, at that. have you any ideas of what I should play for my yearning public? Well, why, why don't you play the Aardvark song? <laughs> the Aardvark song? Yeah.
2: How does it go? Aardvark a million miles far. I get it. Yeah,
1: that's very good. And now in response to the enormous popular demand for my music... did oh, you see
2: this in the paper? No, what is it? It's about
1: this man who's playing Russian
2: roulette. Oh, yes. It says he escaped death, huh? escaped death, escaped death, and shot himself with a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: finally made it. Mm. Lovely. And now I really think it is time for a little music. And this week I'm going to play a piece by the great Mozart. Up a bit, <laughs> Oh, well, that's all right, and uh, after that... Uh... <laughs> Thank you very much. You're too kind, ladies and gentlemen. And well, tell, tell me, Ken, do you like good music, Ken? Yes, I do. Don't let that stop you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I won't. Mozart, eh? Ah, Mozart. He was an interesting bloke, you know, Mozart. His whole life was dedicated to his music. He was the sort of bloke who if he'd heard Julie Edge singing in the bath, would have put his ear to the keyhole. (laughs) What a Charlie. He he came from an extremely musical family. His mother's feet used to hum. His father gave organ recitals till his monkey escaped. (laughs) By the time he was seven, Mozart had devoted his whole life to music. There is music in my soul, he cried. When he heard his shoe squeak. <laughs> his parents helped the kid as much as they could. While his father taught him the importance of melody, his mother drummed harmony into him. It was harmony this, harmony that. Harmony times, must I tell you? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, Mozart. I think now I will play another musical tribute to that great genius.
2: And I'm afraid we must interrupt the program at this point for an urgent police message.
1: Oh, I know that voice. I know that voice. It's Inspector Spools
2: <laughs>
1: of the Intelligence Unit of New Scotland Yard. Are you going to give us our weekly Knox Five message?
2: I don't mind if I do. More surrey, more petty, flower, petty lily of the valley. Mm,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Inspector, you are a one,
2: really. Please continue. Ah, merci, merci, as the French shout when they are beaten to the ground by the French gendarmerie. (laughs) What I'd like to impress upon the great British public, evening all, aren't your policemen wonderful? If you want to know the time, ask a policeman, and similar clichéd rubbish is that that if they're in any trouble at all, do give the local police a ring, preferably gold, 15 carat, with (laughs) tiny...
1: Thank you, very interesting, very interesting, and thank you, Inspector Spew.
2: Oh, contraire. Thank you, sweetie. Blue eyes, honey lamb, honey child, honey pie. Those other cordy old lines, fat swallows used here?
1: <laughs> no he's an amazing man, that Inspector. I wish I knew what he's talking about. He rules the boys in blue with a roll of
2: iron. You can say that again. Once is enough. Uh, uh, au revoir, Marcherie. Prenez your bargain basement. <laughs>
0: Marvellous,
1: I... Marvellous, I... And now, Nigel, an announcement, please. It is with great distress that we announce the time has come for the Betty Witherspoon Chorale to to, to burst into song. There's no other word for it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maestro, strike up the band. Why don't they write songs about runcourt? And places like Sutton or Cheam, Why should it always be America? San Francisco, Chattanooga, and Sweet Abilene. Come on, Kelly, take the
2: Couldn't they dream about sunsets setting on Wigan or Slough and Kentucky moon? are really quite dull compared to good old fish smelling a howl Why, are why, so gone?
1: Now Memphis and Nashville have their sound, and so does old Detroit city, but what about old Bognor Regis, not a single, blooming,
2: dirty, ditty (laughs) tea? Wyoming and U-turn tunnel, sir, just 24 hours away. But what about a good old Tulse Hill? Oh. Life there is certainly gay. i places like and Why should I it always be San Francisco, San
1: Luca, and Sweden, San Francisco, San and Sweet You all. thank you very much next week there'll be another musical massacre <laughs> featuring the betty witherspoon chorale that stalwart band of singers of whom it has been said but never proved <laughs> neil give us our witherspoon link <laughs> yes friends it's time for witherspoon's world our slant-eyed look at the world at large and this week betty focuses her tired old eyes on children the younger generation. You know, when I was born in 1900 and mind your own business. <laughs> Children were supposed to be seen and not heard. You remember that. But it's all changed now. All changed. You know, a nephew of mine, a long-haired student, went into a barber's and asked the hairdresser to make him into a skinhead. Well, as the locks fell around the chair, the barber said, When did you go to Manchester Grammar School, son? How'd you know I went there? said my nephew. The bloke went on slipping away and said, I've just found your cap. (laughs) Let's see how they're coping with the younger generation in Hendon. How's the family, Mrs Wilt? Oh,
0: Milkman, nice to see you. (laughs) Yes, they're the same as ever, all terrible, not to mention my son, Jaime. Oh,
1: what about Jaime? I
0: told you not to mention him. (laughs) Oh, don't mention that boy of mine. I try to tell him that we must economise, that things in the shirt factory are difficult and money doesn't grow on trees. I say to him, I say, Jaime, walk upstairs two at a time to save wearing out your new shoes. (laughs) And what does he do no. guess go on milkman guess guess no
1: go on tell me he
0: walks up three at a time and splits his ruddy trousers
1: <laughs> thank you very much mrs. Raquel Welsh. but sooner or later if you're a parent the day dawns when the kids start asking embarrassing questions and want to know all about sex
0: darling yes darling the moment has arrived that we've both been expecting for some time. I beg your pardon. It's. Uh, it's little Robert, darling. Oh, oh. The little blighters started getting inquisitive about things. Things? Yes. The, right.
2: things. things? Oh, I see. Yes, I'm with you now. Things. Oh, never mind, darling. I'll soon mm. beat that out of him. Things, indeed, at his age. No, 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 darling, no. I'll give, it, I'll Let's, give him, No, darling, control yourself,
0: control uh, yourself. Keep what? it under, keep yes. it under. Let's try what? to be good, understanding parents.
2: Oh, yes, yes After all, yes. we've
0: all been through the same phase. That's true, You know, yes. I didn't realise he was growing up so fast. Mm-hmm. This afternoon, when he got in from school, he asked me point-blank where he came from. Oh,
2: oh, my God. I thought they told them all about that at school, during assembly or current affairs or something. Hang mm-hmm. it all... <laughs> (laughs) Can't we buy him an encyclopedia?
0: Look, darling, just because you got it all off the back of a seed (laughs) catalogue... I mean, it's only right that as his father, you should tell him. uh He's in the sitting room now doing a jigsaw, so you can go and tell him right away.
2: All right, if you say so. Robert! Robert! Yes, Daddy. Come. Come, come here, Robert. I've got something rather rude. I mean, exciting. <laughs> exciting to say to you now. Have you, um, have you ever noticed that Mummy sometimes wears oven gloves? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. it <laughs> well, quite bluntly, I never wear Oven gloves. You follow, me, Robert. You follow. Uh, no, no, Daddy. Oh, no. Oh, let me put it another way. Now, Robert, as a cub, have you ever noticed anything different about Arkela? Now, like you, Arkela appears the laws of the wolf cub pack. Arkela also plays British bulldog. She's got a tracking badge like yours, and she's got a uniform and a woggle like yours, and you know, as were. Well. She hasn't got a woggle. (laughs) Do follow me, Robert. Uh, No, Daddy, Uh, you still haven't told me where I came from. Oh, very well, I'll tell you. Yes, Daddy, where? Manchester.
1: (laughs) That, of course, is the trouble with kids. And, of course, parents get very worried about how their children are doing. I mean, there's that terrible moment when the end-of-term report arrives.
0: (laughs) I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand it. Jerry's school report says he has an IQ of 64! 64? <laughs> and me a graduate with a PhD. Where does he get it from, Charlie? Charlie, where does Jerry get an IQ of 64
2: from? Oh. Uh, 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 what does IQ mean? Uh, 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 uh
1: never know. Uh, now it's uh, time. Hi? Will somebody please get that boy out of here? Now you may not believe this but I was young once. seems <laughs> slight doubt in your minds only. You? I can remember my 10th birthday as if it was only yesterday. All those crinolines and the guests arriving late after being held up by highwaymen. <laughs> One thing I've always remembered about my school days was that annual non-event. The school speech day. My father wanted me to have things better than he did, so he sent me to Rodine. <laughs> he was no fool. Over now, to Prize Day, presided over by the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah, my dear. Well
2: done. The scripture prize for diligence and effort. Ah, and what are you going to do when you leave school?
0: Well, Archbishop, till you asked, I had thought of going straight home.
1: (laughs) One thing about the young, they have no respect for traditions or conventions or romance. Like the young honeymoon couple on the steps of their hotel. Darling. She cooed. I'm nervous. Let's try and appear as if we've been married for years. All right, he said, but do you think you can carry four suitcases? (laughs) That's the younger generation all over. No sense of the proprieties. I mean, ask any priest. Over now, to a confessional.
2: Father, oh, Father, I stole a length of material from the tailors where I work.
1: Uh, Yes, my son. And what did you take, my son? I,
2: I took a roll of tweed.
1: Oh, yes, my son.
2: Some satin lining material.
1: Yes, my son. Some cotton,
2: some scissors, and a needle, father. All oh, those items, yeah, my stole, son. I stole them all.
1: I hope you're not going to make a habit of oh,
2: it. Oh no, father. Just a sports jacket, you see. <laughs> <say. laughs> <laughs> and of course,
1: no investigation will be complete without a trip across the border to find out about the younger generation up there. Well, here I am with Janet, I, and your new boyfriend. <laughs> And we're standing on the terrace at the Rangers Celtic football match. Ah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, One thing, Janet, your new boyfriend isn't saying much. Ah,
0: well, you see, he's a wee
1: mite afraid of all the violence and all the bottles flying about. Oh, you want to tell him not to worry, Janet? These bottle fights are just like wartime bombing. You'll not get hit unless it's got your name on it.
0: Ah, well, that's the whole trouble. You see, his name is Johnny Walker. (laughs)
1: Tell me uh, one thing I've always wanted to know about your boyfriend, um, what's worn under the kilt?
0: Oh, nothing. Everything's in perfect working order.
1: <laughs> Thank you and good riddance. <laughs> Actually, you know, the most worrying thing about the younger generation is just their numbers. It's the population explosion. It's absolutely terrifying the rate at which the population of this country is increasing. Do you realise, by the year 2000, if the entire
2: population were placed on the Isle of Wight, it would sink? <laughs> or, Ted, to bring the problem closer to home, by the end of the programme, the end of this programme, yeah. there'll be another 3,000 pregnant women in this country. Is that a fact? That's a fact. Well, that just goes to show what people think of this
1: programme. Yeah. <laughs> Let me illustrate the point another way. If all the women in the British Isles were laid end to end...
0: <laughs>
1: there wouldn't be room for anything else, would there? And you see, eventually, the sheer weight of all these extra people would cause England to spread out like a piece of pastry being rolled thinner and thinner. Yes, and, um, you know, by the year 2000, Dover will be halfway up Calais Street. <laughs> so, obviously, Ken, what we should be asking is this. Why? Why? Is all this? same. Cough it up, son. All this happening, Ken, what is the cause?
2: Well, the cause, the answer, you know, the answer is, it's sex. (laughs) Scientific
1: tests do prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that you cannot have a population explosion without a certain amount of sex. Exactly.
2: So it stands to reason. (laughs) If we can get rid of sex, then we can get rid of the other thing at the same time.
1: (laughs) But, Ken, it would be terrible, really. And anyway, first, we should ask ourselves this question. Exactly what
2: (laughs) is (laughs) Thanks! <laughs> Ted! Ted! Come on, all your life, Ted! You don't know? You don't know? Listen, i Look, let's suppose you have all the men here yes. and all the women there. Yes. Then as a natural course of events, you'd find after a short time that some of those there yes. will be over here yeah. and a lot of those here yeah. will be over there.
1: Oh, I see? see. And what takes place between them is neither here nor
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> I That's right,
1: you've got it. It's lovely. Nigel, let's get back to sanity, for God's sake. I really do think it's time for an announcement.
2: Uh, Thank you very much, yes. think nothing
1: of it, sir. Yes, and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Betty Witherspoon's Theatre of the Air. This week, we present our tribute to Ken Russell's The Music Lovers, entitled, She Was Only a Musician's Daughter, But She Knew Sir Henry Wood.
2: (laughs) I might interject here. We at the Yard had heard that uh, Betty was going to pay a tribute to Dixon and Doc Green this week in a constabulary drama entitled She Was Only the Constable's Daughter, But She'd Let the Chief Inspector.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I heard it was going to be a tribute in mime to the American Red Indian entitled She Was Only Sitting Bull's Daughter, But
1: She Certainly Knew how. <laughs> You've got it all wrong, you see, clever dicks. You're all wrong. This week we turn the clock back to Russia at the turn of the century. <laughs> and the last days of the Tsar. A time of turmoil and the ferment of revolution as Nicholas and Alexandra helped by the evil monk. Rasputin try to hold on to the Romanov throne. Now what's it called? She was only a Kulak's daughter, but she didn't watch. Her step! Step! (laughs) Over now to the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg, where we find the Tsar and his Tsarina.
0: Nicholas!
1: Yes, my little Balalaika.
0: Tovarish, you're angry with me, aren't you? It's all over my liking for Grigory Rasputin, isn't it?
1: Yes, the mad monk. He's only after one thing, isn't he? He wants to get his hands on your rubles.
0: <laughs> Nonsense. He's not interested in women. He treats them like dirt.
1: Yes, I know. He hides them under the bed. <laughs>
0: He's a very holy and powerful man. He cured you of biting your nails, didn't he?
1: Yes, but only by hiding my teeth. (laughs) (laughs)
0: How can you be so harsh on Grigori? He's a self-made man. He started out on a shoestring, didn't he? Yes.
1: Then he gradually worked his way up your leg. (laughs) Till he got his face slapped. Alexandra, I forbid you to consort with him. Oh. Times are difficult enough as it is. Only this morning as I reviewed the Royal Guard. They gave me a 21-gun salute.
0: Yes, what's so unusual about that?
1: They were using live ammunition.
0: <laughs> oh, Nicholas, yes? just in case there is a revolution and something should happen to you. Yes. What would you like inscribed on your tomb?
1: <laughs> Husband of the above. <laughs>
2: The beast you are, rescued in marching me out to be shot in the cold Russian snow like this. What are you complaining about, your peasant dog? We lot have got to march back again. Now, thank you. Yes. Before we shoot you, have you got a last request? Yes. Vera Lynn singing We'll Meet Again. (laughs) That won't be recorded until 1942. Yes, I am no fool. Again, don't know where, don't uh, that know where you wish.
0: You know, Grigory, the star hates you. Only this morning he accused you of trying to get your hands on my rubles. Well,
2: put that way, dear, yes.
0: <laughs> Tell me. How are the affairs of state going?
2: Well, there was this girl from Mermans this morning. No, no. Oh, yes. Oh, I see. The affairs of state. Well, we are on hard times, I'm afraid. I've had to push through an edict to sell the royal pigeons.
0: But the upkeep isn't much, surely.
2: No, dear, but the overheads are terrible.
0: Now, Grigori, Mm. having got that off your chest...
2: What chest? Mm. Go on, dear.
0: Would you like a drink? Do you prefer brandy or vodka?
2: Oh, Charina, let us have vodka rather than brandy. Good old Russian vodka. Ah, oh, when I sip vodka, it seems to me I'm transported from the Androm scene that surrounds me. The flavor... The aroma of Russian vodka brings to mind irresistibly the idyllic scene on the steps of Mother Russia. A hilly field bathed in the soft Ukrainian sunshine, a clump of trees in the middle distance, a small brook curving across the red earth. This, together with the fancied sound of drowsy insects and the distant lowing of cattle, brings to my mind. The kind of warmth, a kind of peace, and a serenity. The eternal glory of our great Russian motherland. But brandy only makes me Uh, belch. Oh,
0: Gregoria, you have a wonderful command of words. No wonder you've got such an enormous following.
2: No darling, it's just the way I walk.
0: (laughs) And all the stories about you seducing every woman you meet. You like the ladies, I gather?
2: I like the ladies anybody gathers. (laughs) They are just a flesh of my icon and they are mine. No, women are mad about me. They throw flowers at my feet. They anoint my feet with rich spices. They worship at my feet. They don't think much of me, but my feet are having a great time.
0: (laughs) Grigory, the Russian people doubt my abilities. Oh, do they? Yes. Oh. But with you at my side, I'll soon show them what I'm made of. Oh, in
2: that dress, dear, it won't be difficult. Will it?
0: <laughs> oh, this dress, oh, it's nothing. I've had it for years. It's my going-away dress.
2: Yes, it looks as a part of you has already left.
0: <laughs> you like it? Yes. <laughs> I'll turn around. Yeah. oh,
2: the back is nice. And the front is lovely, aren't they? (laughs) Zarina, I count tally here with you. The affairs of state are pressing.
0: Tell me one thing: how long were you in the church before you became a parish priest, Grigory?
2: Two months, your Majesty.
0: My goodness, that's wonderful progress, Grigory. Not
2: really. Before that, I was a bishop. But then the I took to wandering about Russia, preaching as I went. I got a job as a night watchman for this ah oh, this beautiful widow in Bayelo, oh, Russia. I was supposed to sleep in these stables. If any brigands tried to rob her, I would run in the house and protect her. But
0: surely that was dangerous, Grigori. Uh, if the brigands found you in the stables, they'd kill you. Oh,
2: If they found me in the stable, I deserve to be killed. Oh, I God. see. You're not
0: you naughty oh. monkey. Tell me one oh, thing. Yes. Do you think you could love me, Grigori?
2: Love you, your great, big, fat royal nelly.
0: Grigori! <laughs> You mustn't say a fat. In the best places, they say plump.
2: Yes, dear. The best places you are plump you? But there's something that fascinates me about you, Tsarina.
0: I know, for the last half an hour you haven't taken your eyes off them.
1: Oh, Grigori.
2: I caught you red-handed, oh, haven't I? I was merely giving her absolution, your Majesty. What you were, what you were giving her,
1: has nothing to do with absolution. Ah! Admit it, you're guilty. You're guilty. You've got as white as my shirt. No oh, whiter mate. <laughs> Look, Ken, I'm getting fed up with this. If it isn't my acting ability, it's my costume. What are you going to find to criticise next?
2: Do you want a full list? Do you want a full list, do you? Eh? I'm fed up with it. Look here, dear. Take no, no, just get on with the scene. Ignore him. He's working under a handicap. He's sober. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Go on.
0: Nicholas, don't banish Grigori to Siberia. I need his healing hands almost
2: constantly. Yes, I bet you do. Oh, sire, sire, do not banish me to Siberia. Let me stay. Let me stay. If you refuse me, I'll get a rope and hang myself in front of the palace. I tell you that I'll hang myself right in front of the palace. All right. All right, you can stay. wonderful, Wonderful, wonderful. Your Majesty, why did you change your mind?
1: Because I can't bear the thoughts of you hanging around in front of the Winter Palace. (laughs) Well, that's the end of our quick trip around the Winter Palace. We had to stop the play there because of Ken's (laughs) throat. The rest of the cast had threatened to cut it. <laughs> Next week we present a serious drama about a waiter who spills a cup of black coffee over the customer's expensive new evening gown. <laughs> Are you ready for this? It's entitled <laughs> <laughs> Never Darken My Dior again! <laughs> On behalf of Betty Witherspoon and myself, I'd like to thank you for having us. And on my father's and mother's behalf, I'd like to thank them for having me. Uh, God bless you and bye for now. Betty with a Spoon Show starred Ted Ray and Kenneth Williams and featured Miriam Margulies and Nigel Rees. The musical director was Neil Innes. The script was written by Michael Whale and Joe Steeples, with additional material from Fred Metcalf, David Renwick, Keith Williams, and Chris Miller. The violin was played by Ted Ray and the fool by Kenneth Williams. And the programme was produced by Simon Brett. <laughs>